Well, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, welcome to Lunch Hour with Renault. Uh, Number two, we're excited. Um, as you can see, Renault is looking a little different today. Um, actually, this is not Renault. This is Justin Neal. Hello, Justin. Hey, what's up, Joel? Hey, glad to have you uh, with us today. Um, Renault is actually with us today, but he is with us via technology um, because he is in Honduras spending a little time with a couple of our global partners uh, down there, the McNerland family, Sophia Fitzgibbon, and um, and so uh, Renault and his wife Brooke are down there spending a little time um, being a gospel presence, um, which is actually what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, last week we talked about what it means to be a gospel voice um, as we seek to live out uh, the vision um, at Mosaic this year for 2019 that we're going to be people uh, who are engaging in time with Jesus uh, through prayer. And then we're going to go with Jesus um, by uh, being people who will share the gospel and who uh, live that out um, with our lives and with our words as well. And so um, if you've been with us for the last couple of weeks in our gatherings, uh, we've been spending a little time talking about uh, areas of justice and mercy that we want to engage in uh, as a people. And so uh, I had uh, Justin come on with us today because he's going to talk a little bit about what it means for us to um, live out uh, a, a gospel life and to have a gospel presence in the way that we live and uh, that that really um, lends to shaping our opportunities for sharing the gospel. And so um, we're going to have a, a, a great opportunity to talk about that. As Renault preached our vision series for 2019, he talked about the importance of being a gospel voice um, and that we want to also be a gospel presence, that that has really been the strength of our church for many, many years, and we don't want to abandon that um, to step into becoming an, a, a gospel voice, but we want to add gospel voice to gospel presence. So we're going to take a little bit of time and talk through that today. And if you're on, uh, if you've got the comments in the chat section opened up, uh, you may see Renault chime in a, a good bit today to our discussion as he is with us uh, in Honduras via technology, so pay attention for that, and I'll do my best to do uh, the same. So um, we've got a few uh, awesome people uh, with us already. Don Eldridge, uh, good family, longtime family friend of mine, Lynn Mon, uh, Laura Mazrak, um, or, or I'm sorry, that's Marsak it looks like, and, uh, and I think her first name is Yara. So um, hello, hello. Uh, we're glad that all of you guys are with us, and uh, we hope today will be a great uh, conversation. So um, Justin, when we think about this idea about uh, being a gospel presence uh, in the world, like what are, what are some things, um, you know, practically, like that we think about in terms of the why? Like, why is it important for us to be a gospel presence in the world? Where do we, where do we really see our motivation coming from when it comes to that? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with everything that we as a church are founded on, and that's Jesus and his life. Um, you know, he invited us to receive um, the gospel and the incredible beauty and freedom um, as recipients, but then he called us to carry that same hope that same love, that same freedom, um, and, and all the things that come with that into the world and, and to the people who have not yet experienced that same freedom that, that we've experienced by receiving the gospel. And so, yeah, when we talk about, um, you know, being a gospel presence in the world and the why, it's because everything that the church is founded upon is, is that idea of, of rescuing and redeeming the world. And so, yeah, start with Jesus and his life and then, and then build from there. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I think about, uh, you know, the core nature of the gospel. Um, and, and the core nature of the gospel is that Jesus came to be present with us. You know, when, um, you know, the angel came and announced uh, to the shepherds that, that Jesus was here, he said, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I just think about, you know, our opportunity to be present with people, our opportunity to be, uh, to live, um, you know, the way that Jesus lived, that he didn't just uh, solve our problems from far away from heaven, uh, but he stepped down into earth with us to be with us, to live with us, to live among us, to be 
present in our lives. And so, um, yeah, I think he was uh, a gospel presence, um, a, a presence of good news yeah. first. And so we get to carry that on as he has given us his baton. Yeah, and, and I mean, we learned from a young age in school, uh, you know, that, that great leaders lead by example. It's one of the things that you learn, you know, when you're in kindergarten and then you begin to just... You keep learning the same thing over and over and over and over, and I love that that's not lost on God, um, that, that 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 truth came from the example that Jesus set. You know, he didn't say, hey, do this, and good luck. He said, hey, this is how you do it, and it's hard. And we see examples right. of Jesus engaging with people and it not, not always going well and it being difficult, but then him saying that it's important to continue to do that. And so I love that, like... Um, he came, he was here first. Um, and so he's, when he's, when he's calling us into that, he's not doing it, like you said, from a place just in heaven that's a little bit disconnected from the realities of human life. He lived it. And so he can speak from experience in doing that. And so, yeah, I love that we have a tangible example to look at and say, oh, this is what it looks like to, to be a gospel presence in the world. Yeah. And we think about too, like wanting to be a gospel voice, especially in 2019, that having a gospel presence and being present in people's lives really does kind of give us the right to be heard. Um, you know, people, that they, they, there's this saying, like, people don't really care how much you know or what you know until they know how much you care or that you care. And um, I think that's really so true. Like, um, you know, I, I think of kind of like the, the scene of, um, you know, someone kind of uh, with a bullhorn on a street corner shouting at people as they go by about, you know, their need to repent for their sins and turn to God and all of those things. And, you know, it's just really um, not a helpful way uh, to be um, a gospel presence and a gospel voice. And so we want to um, we want to do that in our lives as a church. And so, um, you know, what would you say, um, you know, some of the ways that we have earned credibility um, because of being a gospel presence within our community? Like, what what has Mosaic done to be able to do that? I think the easiest thing to point to is our engagement with vulnerable children. Um, I mean, we as a church, from, from really the beginning, were, we kind of owned foster care, adoption, like, hey, we, we really want to care for the vulnerable people in our city, and the easiest way to do that, or the most obvious way for us to do that as a church was to begin to engage in the lives of kids and that happens in a lot of different ways and it's evolved throughout the course of Mosaic's history but it really started with hey if we want to be able to speak into someone's life that comes in large part when they respect our voice and we've earned a place there we've shown that we care for them I mean we see through Jesus life that he he cared and engaged people relationally Mm-hmm. And so when we begin to do that, when we begin to invest in children, we're really investing in families. Yeah. Like, because it's not only orphans. Um, it's, it's kids that are in difficult situations, whether it's poverty, homelessness, sometimes orphan care, foster care. And when we begin to engage in those children, we're not just engaging in their life. We're really engaging in the lives of their families. And, and that begins to, to, to open up the door for us to say, hey, we do this because we're passionate about Jesus and he's transformed our lives. And we want to be able to share that same hope with you. Whether you receive that gospel the same way that we have or not, we're going to keep doing this because it's important. And so the the, the caring for vulnerable children is really the the centerpiece for how we as a church have said, we want to be a gospel presence in in the world and the community. Yeah, that's cool. Man, that's super helpful. And, you know, I think when we do that, that builds a relationship, you know, where... We're spending time with people, we're engaging in their lives, and they see that we do care about them. And if we share our story of life transformation and how God has cared for us when we were vulnerable and when we were orphaned and when we needed uh, adoption and when we needed to be brought into the family of God and our experience in that process, um, I think it's more compelling when people see us stepping into their lives in a practical sense, in a physical sense, um, of saying, hey, we're going to step into the lives of those who are vulnerable and those who are struggling and those who uh, need help because that's the state that we had spiritually, right. if not physically as well. And yeah. so um, it's a huge thing. Well, we got a, a good group of people uh, that are with us on Facebook Live. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. And here's the thing. If uh, we're chatting and we're talking, we're talking about being a gospel presence. Um, if you have any thoughts uh, or, or input you want to add, man, Go ahead and, and comment that out. Also, if you have any questions, we'd love to, to tackle those um, 
That would be super great. Renault is not with us physically today, uh, but he is uh, in Honduras. Um, and he is popping on uh, uh, as he has an opportunity. I think he's getting, getting ready to uh, preach in a few minutes, um, which is going to be really, really awesome. But then he'll be back with us when he's finished up. And so uh, that'll be really cool. But we got a lot of really great people. We got Woody with us, uh, Maggie, Hank Clifton. What's up, Hank? Uh, Felicia. How you doing, Felicia? She says hi. Uh, hi to Jay and Jay. So uh, we got Rachel Miller from NYC. Hello, Rachel. Uh, we got Josh Taylor with us. Uh, he's probably um, making delicious food at House Blend the and delivering best. it, just like working like a champ so good. and loving people while he does it. Uh, we have Antonio Moro from Italy, uh, one of our global partners. Um, man, Antonio, love you, man. Praying for you. So excited for what God's doing uh, through you in Italy as you. Uh, live as a gospel presence there. I love that. Uh, we got Carrie Waters with us. Gabrielle is with Hi, Gabrielle. I hope you're doing well. Uh, we got Sylvie. We got Les Stevens. Hey, Les. It's good to, good to see you via the Facebook Live. That's awesome. Uh, we got Tanda with us. Uh, my beautiful wife says hello. Hey, baby, I miss you. You look cute as a pregnant gal. Oh um, but we've got, uh, we got a great conversation um, uh, Renault wants a shout out. He says, hello, Renault. <laughs> hey, Renault. Shout out to you, my friend. This we miss you. Lunch with you and there's no lunch and no you. So yeah, that is a, maybe for some false advertising. You know, it's like, well, uh, he's, he, he's here. He's with it's us. Just, it's mostly the lunch that's missing. I guess lunch is missing, but it's lunch hour, not lunch. Oh. They, they can eat lunch. <laughs> I guess I read my invitation wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kept waiting on somebody to, like, bring a... You got to bring a sandwich. Like a microwave tray of food that I could eat. Maybe I'll, next time you come, I'll have a Lunchable ready for you. Yes, I would good? be way into that. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, it looks like Yada wants a shout-out as well. Hello, Yada. So, um, all right, so really, really uh, great opportunity to have a conversation about being a gospel presence. And uh, we talked about kind of the why, why it's so important um, what does it look like, um, you know, practically speaking, what does it look like uh, to be a gospel presence, let's say, uh, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, um, in our everyday lives? Like, what, what are some ways that that takes shape? I mean, again, like, I really think it begins with relationship. Um, if, if you are spending, and we do, I mean... Our neighbors, we spend a ton of time, at least in the vicinity of them. Our coworkers, we're around them at least, you know, 40 hours a week. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we don't even really know the people that are, that are around us. Uh, we're passionate about this thing, and we're going about life, and maybe we're engaging, you know, in certain areas. But if we want to really take the gospel um, to the spaces that we frequent the most, our workplace, our neighborhood, our families— um, we kind of have to be intentional about that. And I think starting with relationship mm-hmm. is important. Knowing people's names, knowing about their kids, like your coworkers probably have children, know their names, know what they're up to, what they're passionate about, what they as a family like to do. And then what you're doing is you're showing them very practically, I care about you. Um, and you're able to f- ask follow-up questions like, hey, I, I heard that you're child was sick like you know how's it going and you begin an easy inroad on a relationship that way rather than coming in day one and saying hey do you know Jesus right Um, right which obviously Jesus can move through those moments as well but for sure Jesus just he he took the time to get to know people um and it it builds that inroad and so I think if you want to be a gospel voice and obviously we do yeah um get take take the time and it, it is a sacrifice time is valuable and We've all got other things to do with our time, but if we want to be a, a gospel voice in those spaces, we need to carve out the time to know the people around us um, and and know them, like, for real. Not just know, you know, that's Jim and he drives a blue car, but, like, what is he passionate about? What has made him into the man that he is today? And, and figure out how you can then carry the gospel, the pieces that you know resonate with him and his story to him so that he can see the beautiful work of Jesus in your life and what Jesus has for him as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that is that is the main thing. Like people, um, when they feel cared about, like are so much more receptive to having actual light. Like, because I mean, having a conversation about what you believe about God and faith—that's the most core, vulnerable conversation that you can be in with any human being. 
And so if you don't even know like, like what I do for work or if I'm single or married or if I have children or no children or um, you know, what school I went to or what my hobbies are, yeah. it's hard to be like, hey, let's have a conversation about the most core element of your life. Yeah. And I think that like just getting to know people um, really earns the right uh, to be heard and to be able to share and be a gospel voice in people's lives. So that's, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. The other thing that really comes to my mind is something that Renault shared in um, uh, a while back in, in one of the sermon series that he was doing, and he brought out a salt lamp. Do you remember that? I do. The Himalayan salt lamp. Yeah, the Himalayan salt lamp. And of course, the claims that are around the Himalayan salt lamp, we don't know how verified they are. Yeah. But the claims are is that the, um, the salt mixed with the light um, that together those combine to actually, there are mo- like benefits, health yeah. benefits that come along with that combination of salt and light. And isn't it interesting that Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, Renault's whole um, message in that was, hey, like when we are salt and light, we ought to be a benefit yeah. to the people who are in our proximity, to the people who are around us that spend time with us. Um, you know, Renault said, even on here on the Facebook chat, he said, you know, when, when we're on our, uh, Brooke and I are in, in, in our neighborhood, we're always looking for opportunities to be a help and an asset to those around us, whether it's organizing a block party or helping when, when in need. The key is that people should think we're so glad they live in our neighborhood. Yes. I think that's right on. Um, this is what the workplace should feel about us. I'm so glad they're our coworker. Um, or that's how our kids' sports team should feel about us. Uh, being a gospel presence is often as simple as just being a benefit uh, to those around us. And that's what that salt and light, that Himalayan salt lamp, um, was all about. Which I think is uh, still so, around yeah. here somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's, it's backstage. I was I hoping we would, like, have it on the donut table. Well, um, it, uh, fun fact, that lamp is actually broken because uh, <laughs> at some point, I think that a table is getting moved and the lamp fell. And it's it's R.I.P. Salt Lamp, but RIP. we can still be a benefit, which is which is really good. So, yeah. um, so Josh Taylor says uh, often we can know what Jesus would do uh, by studying what Jesus did do, and I love I love that um, you know that when we become more familiar with how Jesus lived, um, that's going to show us how we ought to live, yeah. and that there are so many uh, things that we can learn and, and put into practice in our daily lives, and that's really. Um, so like indicative of how important it is that we start by being with Jesus. Um, and that that's where our vision really starts this year, that we're like Mary, going to sit at the feet of Jesus, learn from our teacher, learn from our master, and then go uh, from there. So what are some other things that we see, um, you know, scripturally about uh, being a gospel presence? Like, you know, we, we've been thinking about like Acts chapter 2 you know, that there's this early church and they devoted themselves to the gospel, um, the teaching through the apostles. They devoted themselves to fellowship and breaking of bread. They devoted themselves uh, to prayer. They lived sacrificially. They would literally like sell property and give the proceeds of that to the church and um, taking care of orphans and widows and um, stepping in and being so... um, so practical in the, the way that they, um, that the gospel impacted them in the way that that would impact the world through their lives. So like, you know, as we look at today and as we look at Mosaic Church, what are some ways that you've seen Acts chapter 2 life play itself out, especially as, you know, you're a part of our mission team, our, our staff team that focuses on local mission. What has that looked like as people have engaged, um, you know, locally here? Yeah, I think one of the cool things, like when we look at the church, the early church uh, in the book of Acts, and we see, you know, them coming together as a community, that's been one really cool thing that's happened here at Mosaic uh, over and over again is our missional communities. I mean, it's hard for the entirety of Mosaic to, one, know one another, but then be deeply connected. And, and, and through deeply being connected. You mean connected, like with all 3,000 yeah, of us? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then saying, hey, we're all going to do this same thing. We're all going to engage in the same area. That's rather hard to do. So what's been pretty cool to see is that a lot of our missional communities, people who are doing life together, who are, are like you said, seeking to know Jesus more. And as he's transforming their lives, 
what they're beginning to do is they're beginning to engage together as communities. Like, hey, um, you know, we see, like you said, making sacrificial decisions to care for one another, but then to also care for the community. And so Mitchell communities are, um, you know, stepping up with families in need in their community to serve things like, hey, um, so, you know, one of our family members is in the hospital, so they're organizing meal trains and they're caring for the practical needs of those around them. But then they're saying, hey, the gospel and the good work that Jesus has done doesn't just end here in our biblical community. Yeah. It, it calls us to be extended beyond that. And so good. missional communities begin to get involved in uh, other, other ways outside the walls of the church. And that practically looks like um, engaging in orphan care, foster care. Um, many times a missional community will support a family that is adopting. Um, and so they'll wrap around and be a support group or... Which I'm sure is huge for yeah. those families stepping in that they have support and that they're not doing it alone. It, right? it transforms your world. I mean, if you raise a child from day one and you and Lauren are about to do that, right? you you have a certain ability to invest in them, to, to teach them, to help shape them and mold them. But if you have a kid that's eight years old coming into your home, it, it, it shapes and changes your life dr- dramatically. It changes the kid's life dramatically and can often be a difficult experience and so having support it is yeah disruptive is a great word for it and so having a support system say hey we want you guys to invest together to know one another we'll take care of the craziness we'll help drop kids off at school we'll help bring meals to you we'll help you know all of the practical needs we'll we'll bring you clothing like um that's a super helpful opportunity for the for the transition period but then even beyond that, because that's still within your biblical community. Like you're bringing someone and welcoming them in. And, and no doubt people are sure. seeing that. Yeah. And people are experiencing that and saying, wow, there's something different about this community. Yeah. People who is committed to, to caring for, for vulnerable children, but also committed enough to each other to care for those who are caring for those children. And that preaches the gospel very loudly. Well, more than, more than one time I personally, and I'm just one of the people here at Mosaic, have heard from somebody outside the walls of Mosaic in a local business or whatever, when they find out that I'm a part of Mosaic Church, they're like, are you, are you guys the orphan care or the foster church? And I'm like, yes. But yeah. also, like, how amazing is it that because of the impact that we as a church are having, because of the way that we're engaging um, our community, people look at us and say, hey, you're the church that is known by this. Yeah, and we get a reputation for that. It's yeah. funny, Andy Miller says that uh, Rachel in in New York City. Yeah. Rachel is known as the prayer and coat lady yes. in their neighborhood because she gives away coats to those who are in need. And by the way, right now, everyone up north needs some coats. Needs some coats because holy smokes, it's so cold. Arctic freeze. Yeah, be careful. Be, Andy, Rachel, stay inside. We love you guys and love what you're doing, but you are on warm. the mission field right now yeah. where it's cold. So. Uh, Andy also says you should lay down on the couch, so that would be. I'll do that in a little bit. Yeah, in a little. At the end. At the end. Uh, at, at, towards the end, I'll I'll stretch out for you, Andy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the reputation that yeah. that 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 brings that idea of man, she's the she's the the, the coat lady who will yeah. give a coat away, and she's going to pray with you. Like, what an awesome reputation! And that's the kind of person in a community that that you know, if I've got something going on in my world, I'm going to go see her. And that's and that's what we were talking about earlier, like. Getting that uh, inroad with people relationally, yeah. like, like with with the Millers, like she's now known as the coat lady. But what that really is saying to people is, hey, more than just she she gives people coats, she cares about people in a really unique way. And so when she starts talking about Jesus and when she starts sharing about the beautiful opportunity that people have to experience Him, they're more likely to listen because right. they know that she's willing to make sacrifices of her time of her resources. I mean, especially as they get to know her, they, they learn that their whole family moved to New York simply to, to care for the community. I mean, you know, through discipleship and church planting and things like that. But they begin to say, this is a little bit crazy, but I'll listen to what you have to say because I know you care for me. Right. And so we see that, you know, it, it's always a little bit shocking when someone says that out in public, like, oh, y'all are the, y'all are the orphan church. Right. And I'm like, well, I mean... I wouldn't word it that way, but, but yeah, like we, yeah. that's something that we're deeply passionate about. Well, and that's what, you know, when Renaud said on, on the chat here, he said, I love that God so clearly called us to be both a gospel presence and a gospel voice and that the two are inseparable. One without the other is limited. 
Um, yes, sometimes our part is one or the other, but collectively God uses us as the body to be both to people, yeah. which is so great. Like, yeah. you know, um, the, the Bible talks about, you know, our body, uh, and it uses that analogy of a body that we collectively, as individuals, we make up a body collectively, but we are many parts. And so some of us are called to be like Gabriel said, you know, those who adopt, they're on the front lines, right? Absolutely. But those who wrap around, those are people who, and this is what Gabriel said, foster care wraparound is giving life to those who are on, on the front lines. So you see how the different parts of the body play out. And then some people, they have the gift of evangelism. They're just <laughs> able to like start up a conversation with anybody and get to the, the, the deepest things of life super quick. Yeah. And they have just a clarity of the gospel and have the ability to like walk people down that road, ask engaging questions, and, and they just have that gift and can do that. And so it's amazing how God uses us as a, as a collective yeah. to be the whole picture, both gospel presence and gospel presence. That's really a cool thing to see through those missional communities is everyone there is called to engage in a different way. Yeah. And, and, and being a part of a community, everyone kind of finds their place, like Gabriel was saying, you know, someone may be adopting, but that doesn't mean that the people around them are not called to engage and called to love and called to serve. It's just a matter of figuring out how you're wired and, and how God wants you to engage in those stories. So it's been a really cool picture to see. So we got a great question here from Penny, and I think her last name is Blanchette. And she says, uh, what do you do if someone does not want to hear God's word and you feel propelled to tell them of what God has done for you? And Penny, I think... That is a great question. I think we ought to be asking ourselves, um, is this a person who is receptive, um, you know, to a, even a spiritual conversation, even a conversation about the gospel? Um, And at the same time, we need to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is leading us towards. And so if you know someone's not necessarily open to things of God or talking about God's word or any of those things, but you just feel compelled, like you feel like the Holy Spirit is just, uh, propelling you, as you said, propelling you to have a conversation with this person and to share what God has done for you, then you have to be obedient to that. But be sensitive in that process to say, hey, you know, I know that this might not be, um, you know, a, a conversation that, that you're super open to and feel free to stop me, but would you mind, and maybe just ask permission, like, would you mind if I just shared with you my experience and my story? And I think if you have enough of a relationship, Penny, with that person, um, they may not want to hear a lot about God or the Bible or church because maybe they have a negative experience. But if they know you and they have a relationship with you, they are likely to be receptive to your story. And if you share it in a way that is winsome and, and you're just trying to say, hey, listen, this is my experience and I want that experience for everybody, um, and, and not shoving it down their throat saying, hey, this is the truth. This is what you have to believe. And, you know, I'm not leaving this conversation until we get all the way through. That's not usually a helpful no, tactic. And not. people are very often going to push you away in that moment. And so I think it's a great question, Penny. The one thing I would say is, um, you know, never allow, um, you know, the fear of rejection to stop you. Um, from sharing the gospel with somebody, um, because the reality is um, they're, not, they're not simply rejecting us. When they reject the gospel, they reject Jesus, and he can handle it. Um, you know, he can take it. And, um, and so just want to encourage you in that. I know it can be tough. It can be uh, difficult. It can be awkward. It can be intimidating. But um, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and he gives yeah. us the words to say when we need to say it. So thanks for that question. That's awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think another, like, really cool thing about it is we're talking about gospel voice and gospel presence. Right. So that person may right now uh, not be ready to hear the words. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that doesn't mean that that's the only experience you have with them. That's right. Like, you're, you have the chance to continue to build that relationship, to continue to be a gospel presence in their life. Yeah. While continuing to, you know, with the sensitivity of the Spirit, you know, be a gospel voice as the Spirit leads you, but but not just disengaging, like, oh, this person doesn't want to hear it, so, like, well, good luck, I'll hopefully see you in heaven one day, but, like, no, engage in that person's life, continue to love them, continue to be that gospel presence, Um, and and one day the Spirit might stir up in their hearts and 
allow you to be the gospel voice that yeah. they need to hear at that point in time as well. Yeah, and then I think another just absolutely uh, key and important factor that Woody Reeves points out too, that we just need to continually pray for that person too. Yeah. You know, that, um, you know, people's hearts are hard by, by definition. Like, their hearts need to be changed. They need to be softened. And we can't do that. Even our kindness can't do that. Um, even our gospel presence can't soften someone's heart. It is the power of God. It is the Holy Spirit that um, is required to soften someone's heart, to regenerate their heart uh, so that they are open to the gospel uh, because uh, people who are um, dead in their trespasses and sins can't, um, can't make themselves alive. Like the Holy Spirit needs to do that. And so, um, yeah, Woody, thanks for that. That's a, that's a great point. And I, and I know a lot of times we can say, oh, pray for them, and that seems like really trite. <laughs> But it's absolutely 100% true, and it is 100% the case. So that is a great point. So thank you for adding that, um, you know, to a conversation. And then Yada says, also, sometimes words uh, aren't as important as our living testimony. People watch what you do, not what you say. Be a light. They will become curious, and the conversation may spark organically. Love them where they are at. And that's exactly what we're talking about, like, the idea of being a gospel presence is that it provides the opportunity to be a gospel voice. Um, you know, if we say one thing and then we are doing another, that actually lends opposite credibility right. to the gospel. So we want to be people who are um, living our lives in line with what we say. Um, you know, I, I always kind of laugh about the mosaic sticker. Uh, on our cars, you know, watch how you drive because that is a, are we a gospel presence even on the roads? You know, like yeah. all of those things uh, are so important. And yeah. So. And, and I think when you're, when you are living out the gospel and you are engaged, you're being that gospel presence in people's life, it does lend the credibility to your gospel voice and the words that you say and vice versa. If you're only ever loving people and engaging with people, but you're never connecting it to why, um, I think it is very hard for people to make that connection and to see Jesus. Now, they may see the work that Jesus has done in your life, but I think we do have the responsibility to say it's, it's a both and. It's, it's, I need to be a gospel voice and a gospel presence. Um, and, so, and so utilizing both, because I think that they both complement each other really well and help both of those be experienced vibrantly by other people. Very cool. Well, um, we have a, an awesome crew of people that are with us today. Thank you so much for joining us and, and being a part of Facebook Live today. Um, feel free to leave some comments or ask some questions. We'd love to, uh, for this to be uh, a continued dialogue and a conversation. Um, you know, it is, uh, it is awesome to be able to be a part of a discussion together with so many people from our church and even spread all over the world, which is so great. I think we have uh, some people. There's a guy, uh, Rodrigo, is from Brazil. Um, wow. that's, uh, that's joining us uh, on Facebook Live today. We've got Deb, Debbie Titus, Corey Poston's with us. Um, we've got a, a great, my wife is on with us. Uh, Samantha Watson's on with us, uh, which is um, so fun. So I just want to switch gears for just a minute. And what we're doing today, if you're just joining us, we're talking about what does it look like to be a gospel presence um, in addition to being a gospel voice um, as we seek to um, be with Jesus and go with Jesus with evangelism? What does it look like to be uh, a gospel voice and a gospel presence? And so we have a couple of really cool things coming up. You've heard us talk about them during our weekend gatherings, but we want to talk about them in a little bit more in-depth today because we're, uh, we have a little more time to do that. Um, so we've got uh, two huge opportunities um, to become more equipped to be a gospel presence in very practical ways with justice and mercy, both locally uh, and, um, and even beyond. And so uh, coming up, we have uh, the Serve the City Conference, yeah. uh, which is going to be great. And so I'm going to ask Justin to share a little bit about that. And then we also have an info night following the Serve the City Conference uh, where we can get more specific information about how to engage practically in our city. So, so talk to me a little bit about the Serve the City Conference. I was here last year for it. Yeah, It was incredible. I learned so much. I was challenged. Um, some of the things that we did here at Mosaic coming out of that uh, were things like um, our diversity weekend, uh, which was really great. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to continue to allow God to stir our hearts as a church collectively, but 
even as an individual, I was very uh, convicted at multiple points. Like, yeah. uh, man, I have uh, more to give to be able to serve the community and to serve the city. And so talk a little bit about what the Serve the City Conference is. What is it about? What If, if someone were to attend that conference, what are we hoping that they walk away with coming out of that? Sure. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Serve the City Conference was really birthed out of the idea that um, our city has a lot of needs. And there's a lot of people here who have the ability, whether it be through their time, their talents, their resources, to engage those needs. Um, but a lot of times we don't really connect those dots. Like, hey, there's a ton of need right here in our city. And so we started exploring that as a team, um, a lo- you know, our mission team and figuring out, you know, how can we really help people understand the scope of the issues facing the people right here in Central Florida um, but then we also didn't want to do that in such a way where it was just like this dump of, of like, hey, here's a bunch of problems. Good luck. Yeah. We wanted to say, okay, we want to educate. We want to inform. We want people to know what the issues are. We want people to know about how the issues are being combated. But then we also, um, the last piece of that, and this is really where Service City was birthed out of, is that response. Mm-hmm. How can you make a difference? Yeah. Um, Human trafficking is happening here in our city. Uh, There are orphans and vulnerable children and kids in the foster care system in your neighborhood. Yeah. They're in in the schools with your kids. Like, um, there are those living in poverty and homelessness right here in beautiful Central Florida. And so um, we said we want to be able to equip you and connect you to serving the needs of of those in need. And so we, we said, what's the best way to do that? Well, we can certainly talk about it. We can certainly have, you know, sermon series on it, and we can have equipping classes on it, and we can, as a team, you know, share with you about those needs. But the reality of it is that we're not the experts. Um, we're not the yeah, people on the there's front There's so much, there's, right? There's too much for us to be able to be experts in all these fields. Right. But we are really blessed here in Central Florida to have, I believe, some of the nation's leading experts in these areas in ending trafficking in restoring you know victims and survivors of trafficking in ending foster care uh orphan care caring for vulnerable children and helping alleviate poverty and homelessness right here in our backyard and so we said so why don't we bring them together why why don't we invite them to come share the the details of things that we couldn't ever really get into because it's impossible for us to engage in all those areas on that deep level and so we said, great, let's do it. Uh, how do we want to do that? And we said, well, probably the best way is to pack it all in. And so that's where Serve the City Conference came from. It was a, hey, why don't we invite people, um, and not just Mosaic people, but the church and the community as a whole. We had a lot of people who are not attending any church attend Serve the City last year, and that was awesome. It's totally uh, an option for those people as well. But we wanted to say, hey, uh, specifically to the church, um, we see Jesus calling us to engage the needs of the vulnerable. Um, you know, James one twenty seven says, religion mm-hmm. that is pure and undefiled before the Father is this, to visit the orphan and the widow in their need and to keep yourself unstained from the world. Yeah. Religion that is pure and undefiled is to serve people, yeah. to serve people and, and to let your light shine and, and be intimate with Jesus. And so we said... That's not just a calling for Mosaic. That's a, that's a global calling to the church, yeah. the, the fellowship of believers. And so yeah. we said, well, let's, let's bring them all together. Let's have pastors and presidents of nonprofit organizations and, and workers and law enforcement and all these people who engage. Let's bring them together and have them inform, educate, and equip um, whoever attends, whether it's five people or 500 people, um, on how they can be involved. And so that's really where Service City came from. So who, who are some of the people that are going to be with us for Service City? What are some of the things that we're going to be talking about? Yeah. Um, I, you don't have to give an exhaustive lineup, but just give us a taste of that. And then, obviously, I mean, people can go to ServeTheCity.com. Yeah, ServeTheCityConference.com. Oh, there we go. Um, and, you can, and you can find that link on Mosaic's website if you're, like, worried about typing it in wrong. This is mosaic.org. On the homepage there, you'll see Serve the City, and that'll redirect you to the conference website. Um, 
Yeah, we've got an incredible lineup, and, and we really wanted to tackle this year, um, you know, caring, caring for the needs of our city and our world, you know, being a gospel light, a gospel voice. So we've got some really incredible speakers. My, if I'm allowed to be biased, and yes, I think I will, my favorite is uh, Dee Coleman. And Dee Coleman is local. She is uh, the executive director of Samaritan Village, which is a, uh, it's, it's an organization that's committed to the holistic care of survivors of trafficking. Mm. Um, this, as of last year, they had six of the ten beds in Central Florida for survivors of, of trafficking. Um, and that is, ten is not very many, but they hold the majority of those because they're doing incredible work. They're yeah. holistically caring for exactly what we're talking about, people who have experienced incredible trauma and, and just really horrible things. And she's committed her entire life to, to loving and serving those people. And so she'll be here on the main stage with us. I'm excited about that. Um, we support that organization, right? Yeah, we, so we, we financially give to them, but we also try as often as we can to, to commit and, and engage and connect them with people. Yeah. Um, obviously, financial resources help these organizations run. I mean, they have, sure. if they're going to care for women that have been rescued out of trafficking, they have to have financial resources. Yeah. But more than that, or at least equal to that, they need human resources, people to be able to engage. And they have counseling, and they have um, education programs. And they're, they're, it's a holistic program, so they need people to serve. Um, and so we support them both financially, but also by as often as we can. And if we find someone who's passionate and that will be a good fit, to send them their way. Um, so Dee's going to be here. Um, Renault will be speaking. And, you know, re- the really great thing about that is, is we at Mosaic, we get them every weekend. But, you know, I think our community sees, you know, just like we talked about earlier, like, oh, you're the orphan care church. Like, that's what yeah. y'all do. You know, that was birthed from Renault's heart and vision. Yeah, and Renault and Brooke stepping in and adopting not one, not two, not three, but four, <laughs> four children, children in addition to their four biological yeah. children. So, like, talk about actions and words like absolutely so his actions his his you know he and brooke stepping in and actually doing something about the orphan crisis yeah gives him credibility and gives him the right to be heard right about orphan care and about yeah. stepping in and about all of those things so yeah so renault will be speaking so renault will be he'll be actually opening and closing the conference and and really i love the piece about closing the conference because he's really commissioning us to like Go invade the dark spaces of the world, but do it with the hope of the gospel at our side. Yeah. Um, and that's a really beautiful picture for us as we, if, if, as you think about injustices, as, as you think about the issues that we've talked about, like, it can honestly be very overwhelming. It can be soul crushing. It can be like um, this overwhelming sense of like, how, we're never going to be able to impact this in a, in a way that makes a difference. It's a huge problem to solve, right? It is a huge problem, but the beauty of it is we know the author of the story, hmm. and we know how the story ends, and, and it's such a cool opportunity that we've been invited to be a part of that story, and so I love that, you know, I think Renaud does it, um, maybe I'm a little biased, but Renaud does it in such a beautiful way of, like, of sharing what we're called to do, but then, like, empowering us to do it, yeah. like, like, don't be afraid of the darkness. Don't be afraid of the challenges that are going to face you as you engage in these spaces. Go with the hope and the power and the authority of the gospel because Jesus told you to. And so right, right. We'll, ha- we'll get to, like, leave on that note, um, which will be really cool. We've got um, uh, a hip-hop artist, uh, KB. He won't be rapping at the <laughs> conference. He's actually going to be sharing... Um, about justice and mercy issues. He's somebody who's deeply passionate um, in his music. He uses that as a platform to talk about missional living, to mm. talk about being gospel presence and a gospel voice in the lives of, of those who listen to his music. He's like, you need to be that in the lives of those around you. That's cool. And so we wanted to give him an opportunity to, to share that in a different way. Yeah. And so we're going to have him here, um, his pastor from Tampa, there from Tampa, his pastor is going to be here sharing as well. Um, a guy who's really obviously influenced uh, um, a man who's got a huge platform, but sure. to, to be grounded in the gospel. As you yeah. go, no matter what you're doing, and so we get the privilege of having both of them here. That's so um, cool. And then we're going to have some incredible breakout speakers, and that's, that's what I love too is because the main stage is a general look at justice and mercy. It's yeah. a general look at like, 
the issues and why the gospel informs these, why we can have hope in the gospel. But then the breakout sessions are, hey, what specific issue are you passionate about? We want to help you be educated, mm. equipped, and then know how to plug in. That's so great, yeah. Let's take human trafficking, for instance. If that's something you're really passionate about ending, you'll be able to attend our breakouts there, and you'll learn about what, what does human trafficking in Central Florida even look like. Sure. Is it kids locked in cages? Um, because that's what we find is that's a lot of the, like, stereotype, and that's not the reality here in Central Florida. Um, it's, it's quite more – it's quite different and, I think, significantly more complex than that. Um, and so people can come and learn. What even is happening? Right. Then they'll hear about some of the work being done and be invited to participate based on their passions, their giftings, their time, you know, resources and things like that. And so you'll be able to hear from a a really wide mix of people who have done it firsthand. Um, In some of our um, breakouts, we've got uh, parents who've worked through, you know, the foster care and adoptive system. Um, We actually have the privilege of having Gabe and Tiffany Forsyth um, in our main session, but in a in an interview setting, yeah. where we're going to get to hear their story of adoption and how they have engaged through that process, which I know you're familiar with, and we got to share a little bit about a couple weeks ago here at Mosaic about the the beauty um, of redemption that they've been able to step step into, but right. the difficulties along the way. And right. so we'll hear from parents who've adopted. We'll hear from uh, lawmakers, and we'll hear from law enforcement, and we'll hear from nonprofit organizations, and, and really leaders both in their personal lives but in their professional lives as well. And so, yeah, we've got a great mix. And then um, this year we have a house band um, that's made up of several different churches. Uh, Mosaic and their team here has been gracious enough to say, hey, we're happy to kind of organize that and plan that. And so last year we had three separate bands. This year we'll have one giant house band That's fun. leading us in worship. That's cool. Opening the conference at the foot of the cross saying, hey, we, we want to set everything here and, and, and just be in the presence of Jesus this, this weekend and then leave the conference the same way. That's great. And so it's going to be a really great time. Can't wait. It's going to be good. Yeah. So what about the info night? So that's that following Monday night, is that correct? It's the Sunday night. Sunday night. Okay. So the conference is uh, Friday night and all day Saturday. Okay. And then, and then um, the info night is Sunday night. And the reason that we did that is last year we experimented with it uh, with our anti-human, tra- our ending human trafficking info night. We did it really quickly. Like, hey, you're going to come and you're going to be fired up. You're going to hear about a lot of stuff. But we want you to be able to do something with that, like have an outlet right away. Right. And the response was was really great. And I think that we connected people to a lot of different areas. So we wanted to, to do that again, to yeah. offer people, I know it's a lot. And I yeah. know it's overwhelming. And you're going to hear in breakouts about how you can be involved. But those breakouts, it's an hour long. And so even that is going to be like really tight. So we're going to have an info night where you can come and hear specifically how we as a church are engaging in these areas. So the info night is primarily for Mosaic. Mosaic. Yeah, gotcha. Whereas the conference is open to anybody. Gotcha. But we want to invite Mosaic to know, hey, here's how we're engaging. So, um, so if, if someone from Mosaic doesn't go to Serve the City, can they go to the info night? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, Serve the City is going to be an amazing time. Um, and we would love for you to, to come out and be with us there. But if not, um, going to that info night is going to give you uh, a, a, a more direct picture of Mosaic's involvement. Yeah. Um, whereas the conference is our city as a whole and a lot of the things that are being done um, because we love that and we love collaboration. But um, we do want to create a space for Mosaic people to respond in a help, healthy, helpful way, um, to not be overloaded with all of this stuff. And so, yeah, if you come to the info night and that's all that you can attend, you'll, you'll be educated You'll hear about the issues that we as a church are passionate about. Um, really, those are centered around the care for vulnerable children. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then you'll hear about the partners that we have. So Samaritan Village will be present that night, and they'll share in our human trafficking breakout on the info night. On the info night, there will be three different breakouts. Um, there will be ending human trafficking, poverty and homelessness, and care for vulnerable children through orphan care and foster care. It's great. Love me visible breakout. And so you'll be able to pick one of those and come and hear a lot of a lot of the same stuff, but more specifically targeted at Mosaic. It's great. Well, you know, at the end of the day, our hope in 2019 is 
to be people who are with Jesus, mm. people who go with Jesus um, to live on mission and to uh, be a gospel voice and to be a gospel presence in our community. And, you know, that's why we do things like Serve the City. That's why we do things like these Info Nights, um, because we want to not just desire to be a gospel presence, but we want to be equipped to do that. And there's thousands of ways to do that. Justice and mercy is one major way uh, that we do that. And scripture is very clear from Genesis to Revelation uh, that God loves justice and mercy and that he desires for us to engage in that. But gospel presence goes beyond justice and mercy, and it includes just straight up loving people. Um, You know, our core values here at Mosaic, we love God, we love people. And we serve the world, and and that's what this is about. Uh, this is about. And and here's the thing, um, you know, at Mosaic, if um, not one, not two, not five, not ten, but hundreds and thousands of us together um, take this call of God on our church seriously, and step in and say, hey, we're going to be a gospel voice, and we're going to be a gospel presence. I cannot wait to see how many lives are impacted, how many lives are changed. Um, because we said yes to God's call uh, on our lives. So, um, man, thanks, Justin, for sharing some, some really, really helpful, very, very practical uh, stuff on what it looks like to be a gospel presence, especially in the area of justice and mercy. And uh, uh, it was so much fun uh, to be with all of you guys um, today. We've got, uh, we've got a, a lot of really, really great stuff that we've been able to talk about. And we've got some more stuff coming up that we can't wait to talk about. Next week, Renault will physically be back with us, um, which will be great. And we're going to be talking about um, engaging in conversations with people uh, about Mm -hmm. Jesus. And what does it look like to actively uh, listen to people? How do we become people who are not just uh, trying to to share with our voice, but we're trying to listen uh, as well? Like the Bible says to be quick to listen and then slow Slow to to speak, speak, right? Um, what does it look like for us to uh, share life with people in such a way that, um, that we can engage in gospel conversations uh, with them? What does it look like to uh, actively wonder with people about the mysteries of God and all of those things? And so uh, Renault will be with us uh, uh, in person uh, sharing a little bit about that, um, about what it looks like for us to carry the gospel uh, in those ways. And so um, you know, for everyone who has jumped in uh, today, we, we spent a, a great uh, time together talking about what it means to be a gospel presence. One of the cool things about Facebook Live is that when we finish it up, if you missed any of this, uh, you can always go back and watch it because it is recorded uh, on there. And so, um, man, thank you guys so much for spending time with us today. Uh, this has been Lunch Hour with Renault. Uh, not, not lunch with Renault. Lunch hour with Renault. Lunch hour with Renault. It's and uh, it's, it's, it's been great. And uh, we'll be back uh, with you next week. And Renault will be here live. And it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. So cool. uh, thank you guys so much for being with us today.